we get to the life of Abraham here in, in Genesis chapter 12 and now we'll do a little bit of chapter 13 as well as we're looking at the life of, of Abraham and, and really his journey of faith and his answer to the call of God to get out of your country and, and from your people. And we see really uh, this chapter broken down in three parts. Verses 1 through 9, we see Abraham departs. Then verses 10 through 20, we see Abraham detours. And then there in chapter 13, verses 1 through 4, we see Abraham returns. And so again, we see, we see the call of God on Abraham's life. And we see, again, just the, the marks of just a normal guy, you know, in, in the life of Abraham as, as he, he struggled with, with certain things in, in, his, in his walk with the Lord and, and, and partial obedience to God's call. And, and, you know, he struggled with, again, with leaving his family behind, you know, bringing his dad along. And it actually ended up detouring, I mean, uh, delaying him some 25 years from the time that God called him to, to leave Ur of the Chaldees to go into Cana. It was about a period of 25 years until he, he answered the call. And even then, it was still a partial obedience because he still brought a lot along. But yet, it's awesome to know again that the New Testament says nothing about Abraham, Abraham's lapses of faith. You know, but it just highlights his, his, uh, his, 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 his greatest moments. You know? And I just think that's such an awesome picture of God's grace in our lives. Where God is not, is not uh, quick to point out our faults and our failures. You know, but but he, he brings us from glory to glory like the Bible says. You know, and he he blots out those other things from his remembrance. So as we go to chapter 12, we see again uh, Abraham's journey of faith. Start reading from verses 1 through 4. It says, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Who curse you. And in you, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with them. And Abram was seventy-five years old when he departed from Haran. So again, we see that that, that from the moment that, that that the Lord appeared to Abram as he was there in the earth of the Chaldees, to to right now as we're reading there in chapter twelve that he answered the call. It's a period of about twenty-five years. You know, so it took him about twenty-five years for him to. Fully, you know, leave leave the this leave Ur, and he ended up in Haran. And again, we we talked about it last week how it may, it could have been due to his father, as we read there in the previous chapter, it says that that Terah took his son Abraham and his grandson Lot, you know, and that down to Haran. So it's believed that 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 that, that Terah is almost kind of took the lead as as the Lord, you know, appeared to Abraham. Maybe Abraham would have shared, you know, his excitement with his family. The, 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 the God of Adam, you know, uh, appeared to me. You know, the God of Seth, the God of Noah appeared to me with his excitement. You know, and he told me to leave my country. He told me, he told me to leave and, and I'll see you guys later. I got to go. You know, and, and, and maybe, you know, his dad, Tara, was hesitant to let him go. We see here that, that, that he went along with them as well as Lot, you know, and, and ultimately ended up being his delay. And it's interesting because the name Tara actually means delay. And Abraham was delayed 25 years because of because of his dad. But we read here the, the God's call to Abram. We see that God's call to Abram was was while he dwelled in Ur of the Chaldees. And again, Stephen tells us there in Acts 7, 2 through 4, we read it last week. He tells us that, that the Lord instructed Abram to depart alone. We see that again that it wasn't until his dad Terah died that Abram continued his journey out. So again, it could be that Terah was satisfied of worshiping idols as, as Joshua tells us there in Joshua 24 2. That Terah served other gods. 
It could be that, that Terah was, was satisfied serving these other gods. You know, he got comfortable in Haran. Um, as we mentioned last week, that Haran was the second greatest place for that moon god worship. You know, it could be that Terah was stuck in his old ways, you know, and, and, and that kept him from, from, from letting Abram go. It kept him from, from fully letting him go and, and, and letting Abram answer that call of God. So we see that the call of God is sometimes a call to leave certain things behind, even people. You know, and we know that, that the call of God in regards to salvation is always a solitary call. It's always to the individual. But we see that sometimes the Lord calls us out, you know, in these ventures of faith in our walks. For Abram, it was, hey, get out of your country, you know, into a, into a place that I will show you. And sometimes for us as believers, you know, the, the Lord will give us these calls still today. And sometimes they're, they're, they're solitary calls. You know, they're, they're individual calls. It's apart from your family, apart from this, apart from this ministry, apart from, from whatever it may be. You know, that the, Lord, that the Lord will call you, hey, I'm calling you to a specific work. You know, and we tend to think about, that's just how we are, right? We tend to think about our families and those who we love and those who, who, who have walked this this whole time. And we say, Lord, what about them? Lord, what about my family? Lord, what about my friends? Lord, what about this, that, or the other? And I'm reminded of what the Lord told Peter there in John 21 when, when, he, when he was telling Peter how he was going to die. And Peter pointed at John and said, what about this guy? And what did the Lord say? He says, hey, if, if, if I will that, that he should be alive till, till I come back, what is it to you? You feed my sheep. And we see that, again, that, that sometimes the call of God to the individual is, is a solitary call. And why? Because sometimes there, there's things... There's things that the, that the Lord wants to show you that He can only show you. There's places that the Lord wants to take you that He can only take you. You know, there, there's, there, there's things about Himself that He wants to reveal Himself to you about. You know, and, and it's going to be only for you because it's your season. And, and, and in a sense, I think it's an awesome thing that the Lord looks at us that way. You know, He, he, he ministers to our, to our lives as individuals. You know, and He doesn't see us as a group. You know, it's not, we're not, it's not these, this cookie-cutter ministry that, that, that God sees us with. You know, but, but he sees our individual needs, he sees our, our individual desires, he sees our, our individual uh, hearts, he sees our vision, he sees our passion, he sees, he sees what inspires us, he sees what, what we want to do for him, you know, and he, he sees the, the, the heart of the individual. And so God calls the individual. So I just think it's an awesome thing how the Lord will call us, you know, individually. Sometimes he'll call us to, his, to a solitary call, you know, whether it's to a different city or a different ministry or a different church or a different area or, or whatever it may be. But we see that the Lord is desiring to minister to us individually. And so we see that for, for Abram, you know, the call was, hey, get out of your country, you know, out of your people, and go to a land that I will show you. But nobody says that to a land that I will show you. you know, so it's something that was specific to Abram. You know, it, it was something that, that, that the Lord can only show him, and he wasn't going to show him until he got him alone. So again, we see that God's call to Abram was for him alone, not for his family. For him and Sarah. And Abram again didn't fully obey. You know, he brought Lot, his nephew, along. And really, this, this chapter will show us the humanity of, the, of this giant of the faith, Abram. You know, this faithful man, though heroic, is still at the end of the day just a man. You know, he has his faults, he has his failures, he has his weaknesses, he has his lapses of faith, he has his strengths, he has his victories, like any one of us. And it's encouragement, it's an encouragement to all of us because we kind of beat ourselves down sometimes when the Lord calls us to something or when we're walking with the Lord and we're stumbling along. You know, I was talking to Josh outside and I was telling him how I heard a study, I believe it was from Pastor Chuck, and he, he, he gave the example, you know, of a, of a little toddler when he's learning to walk. 
how the parent has a little baby, right? And the baby's learning to walk and he stumbles along and falls and sometimes gets hurt, you know, a lot as he's learning to walk. You know, but the, 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 the parents don't go, the father doesn't go and, you know, and beat his kid down. Hey, you kid, why can't you get it right? Why can't you keep walking? Why, why can't you keep him falling? No, right? But he encourages, he encourages him, he eggs him on, he cheers him on, he claps for him, he, gets, he helps him get back up and he, and he continues to help him walk. You know, and, 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 he, and the kid's going to keep on stumbling, but he's learning to walk. And us too, you know, as, as, as children of God in the faith, we're learning to walk with the Lord by faith. I mean, most of us here didn't grow up in a, in, in, in a religious home or in a, in a Christian home. You know, we, we weren't, you know, saved the moment we were, we were born. We came out of our mom's womb and we weren't devout Christians all our lives. You know, we're, we're learning to walk with the Lord, you know, and there's going to be times where we're going to stumble or we're going to fall. And, and, and sometimes we tend to look at God as this like aggressive father, you know, beating us down for falling, for stumbling. And we see that really, that, that, that God sees it with eyes of grace, you know, and we see Abram here, he's, he's learning to walk by faith. You know, this is new for him. This guy's 75 years old when he obeys the call of God. He's already stuck in his mold. He's stuck in his old ways. You know, he grew up in a, in a land where they just worshiped idols, you know, where they worship false gods. That's all he knew. And now the Lord calls him to a new walk and this new walk of faith. And we see that, that it was kind of a rough walk for Abraham at first. You know, he, he didn't start off strong. It took him a while to kind of learn the ropes to kind of, you know, get adjusted to this new life with the Lord, to this new walk of faith with the Lord. You know, it, 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 he's learning to walk and he's going to stumble along the way. So we see that his journey begins. Went on there, verse 5, it says, Then Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the Terebinth tree of Morah. And the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountains east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going on still towards the south. So we see that his journey begins, you know, as he now answers the call 25 years later. And we see that Abram passes through Shechem. And there the Lord appears to him. Now, notice that we don't read of the Lord speaking to Abram since he gave him the call to leave early Chaldeans. You know, from the moment he gave him the call until he gets to this place, Shechem, we don't read about God speaking to Abram and, and ministering to him and calling him again or appearing to him or anything else. We see that God was silent those 25 years, you know, while, while Abram was, was being delayed. And so we see that Abram wasn't in the place to hear from God. You know, and sometimes we don't sense God speaking to us or directing us, you know, and a lot of times it's because our hearts are not in the place to hear from God. It's like we're saying, Lord, you know, show me this, show me that, but yet our hearts aren't even willing to obey. It's like, why, how's God going to speak to us concerning this thing if our hearts aren't even willing to listen to Him? And we see that, that, that Abram again, he, for those 25 years, he didn't hear from the Lord. He heard the call, boom, get out of your land, you know, and then he appears to Him again while 25 years later when he leaves and he's passing there through Shechem. So we see that, that Abram wasn't physically in the place to, to hear from the Lord. So the Lord didn't speak to him. Until he gets to this place, Shechem. And this place, Shechem, is significant because this was the place um, where Jacob there in Genesis 33, 20, 
built an altar to the Lord after God changed his name to Israel, which means governed by God. If you guys remember the story, we'll get there eventually. You know, if you guys remember the story of, of, of Jacob as he's crossing over, you know, he hears word that Esau's coming with, with, all, with all kinds of you know, servants and all kinds of people. And the last time he saw his brother Esau, he pretty much uh, did him dirty for his, for his inheritance. And Esau swore that he was going to kill him the next time he sees him once his dad dies. You know, so years later, Jacob's going on and, and, you know, and he hears that Esau's coming to meet him. So he, he's thinking, man, he's going to kill me. That's it. And, he's, and Jacob, as he's so used to, he starts conniving. He starts coming up with his own schemes and his own plans to, to, to get out of this. You know, he sends his servants first and he sends his wives. Then he sends his kids and he sends all his livestock. And he stays behind. And we see that, that the Lord gets him alone. You know, he appears to him in the form of an angel. And, and Jacob wrestles this guy all night long. And finally, when, when the Lord breaks Jacob, you know, he changes his name to, boy, he, he changes his name to Israel, which means governed by God. And we see that, that, when, that when the Lord changes his name to governed by God, it says that, that Jacob built an altar to the Lord there. You know, and so the, again, this place Shechem is significant because it's the same place, this place Shechem where, where God appeared to Abraham, is the same place where, where Jacob is going to build up this altar after he encounters the living God. It's also uh, the plot of land that Jacob gave to Joseph. This place, Shechem, is, is also where Joseph's bones were buried after the children of Israel had come out of Egypt. And, and, and there's other significant things that, that happen here in Shechem, you know, but, but, but keep, keep that in the back of your mind as we're going through the book of Genesis because we're going to uh, revisit this place, Shechem, again. So again, Shechem... Significant for, for, for a lot of different things. And it goes on to say, And the Canaanites were in the land. And then God tells them, To your descendants, I will give this land. Notice that. It says that as he's passing through Shechem, says, And the Canaanites, the Canaanites were in this land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants, I will give this land. And I can just imagine Abram as he's passing through, through Shechem and he sees all, this, all the Canaanite people you know, and God tells them, to your descendants, I will give this land. Now, keep in mind, Abram is 75 years old at this time with no kids. You know, his name means exalted father, but he's got no kids. 75 years old. He's been delayed 25 years in answering the call of God. Now he's passing through Shechem. He's got nothing to his name besides, you know, a few, a, a few servants and, 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 a, and a few livestock. And God tells him, to, to your descendants, I will give this land. Now, the Canaanites, the Canaanites had already built a city here. They were living in it. They were great in number. They were already established and prospering. You know, I mean, this is a whole civilization, you know, living here in, in, in Cana. And God tells Abraham, hey, to your descendants, I will give this land. I mean, you could just imagine Abraham, you know, looking at this, looking at what he's got, looking at who he is, looking at his age, looking at pretty much everything that he's got going against him. But yet... God is telling him, to your descendants, I will give this land. Lord, this land? This land where that's already being inhabited? Lord, this land where there's already idolatry going on? Lord, this land where there's already a city built? It's prosperous, there's jobs, there's families, it's a whole civilization. Lord, this land? And we see that, that, that Abram believed God, you know, even though all odds were against him. You know, he, built, he believed God. It says there that he built an altar to the Lord who appeared to him. You know, and, and obviously we know that, that an altar was meant for worship. You know, and, and you, you could just imagine Abraham again as, as he's receiving this, this, this word from the Lord. You know, and, just, and just believing it by faith. 
He establishes his altar, begins to worship God, you know, for, for the promises that, that God has given him. Even though he can't see them, even though they're still far off, even though all odds are against him, he's believing God for what he's going to do. So he builds an altar and he begins to worship the Lord. So again, here's Abram with no property to his name, only a promise from God. And believes God. And that's all he's got. You know, sometimes the Lord, the Lord takes us places, the Lord shows us things, and it's like, man, Lord, I don't see, I don't see how that's going to happen. You know, and we're walking by faith, and all we got is God's promise to us. Lord, you told me. We're going through it, things are getting rough. It doesn't see, it doesn't seem like, like it's ever going to come to pass. You know, and I'm like, Lord, you gave me this vision six years ago. Lord, you spoke to me. I have marked it in my Bible, Lord. I marked it down. This was in 2016. Lord, it's 2021 and still I don't see anything. You know, and it's like we're walking with the Lord and, and, and the Lord reminds us of, 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 what he, of what He spoke to us, of, of, of what He promised us, of His Word. And it's like even though we have nothing to go by except for His promise, you know, it's like we're walking by faith and we're believing God that He's going to answer us, not because of us, but because of Him. I love what it says there in 2 Timothy, you know, that even when we are faithless, you know, He remains faithful. Why? Because He cannot deny Himself. It's like we might go through this, you know, season and we waver up and down, dry seasons. You know, and it's like all we got, all we're holding on to is God's promise. Lord, you said. You know, and, and there might even be times where, where, where we lack faith or we, we lapse in faith. But it's in those times, you know, where God shows himself strong. And again, I could just imagine Abram as he's walking through Shechem, you know, getting to Cana, seeing already this whole city established. I mean, they're prospering. It's something that's already going on. He's walking just with his tent, his livestock, a few people, his wife, and that's it, you know. He's a, twin, a tent dweller. He's got nothing to his name. He's saying, Lord, you're going to give me this land? All he had to go by was, was God's promise. You know, but we see that Abram believed God. He believed God would give him this land to end to his descendants. You know, so we see that Abram is believing God for the impossible. You know, really, that's, a, that's the type of faith that I want to have. Lord, I believe for the impossible. You know, and, and God is so faithful to, to just to like show little things along the way, you know, to hold on to. And I just think of, of all the promises that God has given me, you know, and all the things that He's done along the way to kind of build me up to this to this big thing, you know, to like when that big promise comes, I could look back and I'll say, Whoa, God, you've been you've been faithful in all these other little things. So why wouldn't you be faithful in this thing? You know, and, and God is so faithful to do that. We see here in Hebrews tells us that Abram looked forward to a different type of dwelling place, a heavenly dwelling place. You know, he's passing by, he's got his tents. You know, Hebrews tells us there in Hebrews 11, 9 through 10, it says, By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So we see that, that, that Abraham, even though he received this promise from the Lord, even though God himself revealed himself to him and told him directly, hey, to your descendants, I will give this land. Notice that Abram never built cities or got comfortable in this promised land. He always dwelled in tents. For, for the rest of the book of Genesis, as we read about, about Abram and, 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 uh, and Isaac and Jacob, you know, he always dwelled in a tent. Even though you know, he, he believed God, even though, you know, he, he didn't, even though the Lord promised him he was going to give him this land, you would think, well, man, Lord, all right, cool, let's get started. You can give me this land. I'll start building right now. I'll go get the blueprints, start setting the foundation. I'll start getting the lumber. You know, I'll start making my plans for my house right here and my, my, my kids' homes. And, and I'll start making the plans for the city. But we see that he never got comfortable. 
for, for, the, for the rest of his life, as he's dwelling there, you know, he, he, he dwelled as a soldier. You know, he never got comfortable. He, he continued to dwell in tents. You know, and the Bible tells us that he looked past the earthly and physical promise onto the eternal, onto the eternal promise. You know, and this caused him to live a life as a pilgrim, as a soldier on the earth. Even though the Lord told him, to your descendants, I will give this land. It's like, Abraham wasn't satisfied with that. You know, he looked beyond the physical promise. And it's like, it's like he's saying, all right, if the Lord's going to give me this, you know, then what else is he going to give me? You know, and the Bible tells us that he looked past the, the, the promise here on earth onto the, onto the heavenly. As it says there in Hebrews, it says that, that he waited for the city which, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Again, he looked past the earthly and physical promise onto the eternal promise. So again, as he's walking there through Shechem, as, he is, as he's passing through Cana, and as he's, you know, receiving his word from the Lord, it says that he built an altar. Now, Abram enters Cana, God appears to him again, and Abram built an altar to the Lord. And it's interesting to know that from this point on, Abram's life is marked by prayer and worship. Like everywhere this guy goes, you know, he, he erects an altar, and he, worships, and he worships the Lord. Like everywhere he goes, as, as, as we read about in the book of Genesis for the rest of his life you know his life is going to be marked by prayer and worship he's going to be known for, for setting up these altars for building these altars you know everywhere he goes in a time where the nations around him are erecting carved images and worshipping false gods and worshipping the moon god and all these false idols and all these false god, gods we see that Abram stands out by building these altars everywhere he went to worship the invisible god that like he's going against the grain. You know, it's like all around him, the rest of the world is worshiping, you know, these false gods and, you know, making these big statues and these big temples and these little carved images and sacrificing their kids and doing all kinds of, you know, crazy pagan stuff. And here comes Abram, you know, against the grain, erects an altar, no image, you know, but he starts worshiping the invisible God. You could just imagine, you know, the, 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 the stand that he's making. You know, you could just imagine how the nations around him are looking at him. Like, you're crazy. You know, your God promised you. Say your God promised you. You know, uh, descendants. You're 75 years old. Your name is Exalted Father. You got no kids. You know, you're saying that the God promised you this land. You know, and you're 75 years old. You got no kids. You got nothing to your name. And you're worshiping this this invisible God. Who is this God? I mean, they would have looked at him as he's crazy, like like if he was crazy. You know, but he's going against the grain. And, and I just think it's awesome because he's an awesome example, you know, of us as believers today. I mean, we're going against the grain, right? And we're preaching a, a, a resurrected Christ. And, 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 and to the world, that message is foolishness. And I can just imagine, you know, that there were, where Abram's at, you know, to the world around him. You know, this worship of the one true God would have been foolishness. Why? Because they can't see him. You know, they don't, know, they don't have a picture of him. You know, they can't, they can't make an image of him. But yeah. What Abram does have, you know, is, is God's promises. You know, God's directly appearing to him. So again, at a time when the nations around him are erecting carved images and worshiping false gods, here comes Abraham. You know, erecting these altars wherever he goes. Wherever he goes. And worshiping the invisible God. I like what the Lord says there in uh, John 4.23. As he's speaking to the woman at the well. He goes on to say, But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. 
God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And we see that Abram is a beautiful picture of this because before there was even a temple, before there was even a, you know, a, a, a Levitical priesthood set up, you know, he set up these altars and worshiped God everywhere he went. It wasn't just one place, but everywhere he was at, you know, he always had God in mind. And if he's there at Shechem or if he's passing through Bethel or if he's wherever he's at, you know, he's worshiping God wherever he goes. You know, again, this is a beautiful picture of, of a New Testament promise. You know, like Jesus said that, hey, there were two worshipers who worship God in spirit and in truth. A little interesting you note know, that, that, that this place there at Jacob's well, I believe it's called Sikhar, right there where, where Jesus met at the woman at the well, is actually the same place where, where Abraham erected his altar to the Lord there in Shechem. It's actually the same place. And a couple hundred years later, Jesus comes on the scene and he says, hey, you know, the time will come when the true worshipers will, will worship God in spirit and in truth. Not just one temple. Because remember that the, that the woman at the wall said, Hey, well, you just say that, that Jerusalem is a place to worship. You know, and, and our fathers worship in this mountain. God says, and Jesus says, Hey, you know, there's coming a time where not gonna, the temple's not going to matter. The mountain's not going to matter. You're going to be able to worship God wherever you go. Here's Abraham, you know, a couple hundred years, years before. Worshiping God wherever he went. Setting up these altars wherever he went. Worshiping the one true God. Little interesting note there. So again, Abram is a beautiful picture of this because before there was even a temple, before there was a Levitical priesthood, before there was a, a, a sacrifices established, before there was any of that, you know, he's he's setting up these altars wherever he, he goes. You know, he's worshiping God. Verse ten goes on to say, "Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land." And it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt that he said to Sarah, his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say, This is his wife. And they will kill me, but they will let you live. Please say you are my sister, that it may, will be, that it may be well with me for your sake, and that I may live because of you. So it was when Abram came into Egypt that the Egyptians saw the woman, that she was very beautiful. The princes of Pharaoh also saw her and, com and, com and commanded her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. He treated Abram well for her sake. He had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female, and female servants, female donkeys, and camels. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this that you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she's my sister? I might have taken her as my wife. Now therefore, here is your wife. Take her and go your way. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. So we see that this is a, a, a test of Abram's faith. You know, and, and again, here's Abram. You know, he's learning to walk. He's like a, a, a toddler. You know, learning to walk for the first time. He's, he's learning to walk by faith, you know, and worshiping this, this God who we can't see. You know, there's no carved images. There's no, you know, temple to go to. There's no, you know, ritual or anything like that. He's learning to walk by faith. You know, he's stumbling by faith. You know, he has these, you know, these ups and these downs. You know, I, I love reading about, about Abraham, you know, as he's, as he's beginning to walk with the Lord. Because again, the Lord appears to him. God himself appears to him. He tells him to get out of his land. You know, he, he ends up... Stayed behind 25 years. He answers the call. You know, he, it's like he, he has this huge high, you know, where, where, where the Lord appears to him. 
They're at Shechem, you know, he believes God's promises, though, though all are against him. He erects his, el- his altar, begins to worship the Lord, and then, boom, trials and, trials and tribulations come, and what does he do? Man, he goes to Egypt. It's like, man, he's just such a human. You know, he's such a, he's such a man, you know, he's such, he's such an ordinary guy. And we could kind of just, you know, bash this guy, you know, we could bash Abram for, for his lapse of faith, but, you know, I mean, I think we've all been there once or twice, or... You know, if you like me multiple times, you know, where it's like, man, we're in this, you know, we're, 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 we're like walking the Shekinah glory of the Lord and God's, you know, ministering to us and we're believing Him for His promises, you know, and prayers are being answered. But all of a sudden something comes that we're not expecting and boom, what do I do? Run back to what we know best. You know, and, and, and kind of forsake God, kind of forget about God. So we think, well, you know, God's been with me this whole time, but there's no way He can handle this. Or maybe God didn't see this coming. We said this was a test of Abram's faith. Notice that God never told Abram to go to Egypt. You know, again, he's seeking the Lord for everything. You know, he's hearing from God. You know, God tells him, man, get out of there. He's worshiping there. You know, he, he's hearing from the Lord directly. But the famine comes and he didn't seek the Lord. You know, the famine comes and, and, and he didn't go worship. He didn't build an altar. He didn't, he didn't uh, ask God's advice for this. You know, says that, that, that he went straight to Egypt. You know, he never even prayed about it. He looked at the outward circumstances and left the land where God had promised to bless him at. And I think that's an awesome uh, uh, spiritual application here. You know, God, God promised him, he told him, hey, be here, stay here. This is where I'm going to bless you. You know, the outward circumstances start pressing in and he leaves the place where God told me he was going to bless him at. You know, sometimes we can, be, we can be in that place in our walks, you know, spiritually, where God says, hey, stay here, you know, just, just, just camp out right here for now. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to minister to you. You know, I, I want you to just camp out right here with me. Circumstances come, you know, we lose our jobs, stuff, whatever it may be, you know, the world starts pressing in. And, and, and even though we know that God told us to stay right here because God's going to bless us right here, you know, where this is our Bethel, you know, our, our Bethel experience, we're having a relationship with God right here. You know, the, 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 the world starts pressing in, circumstances start pressing in on us, and man, we leave the place where God told us that He was going to bless us at. You know, and it's like when we start looking for refuge outside of God's, you know, place of blessing. And this is what happened to Abraham. You know, God told him, hey, stay in this land. This is where I'm going to bless you. This is the land that I'm going to give to your descendants. Famine came, and he left the place where God promised to bless him at. Ultimately, it came down to this. Abraham doubted that God could sustain him. But we know that where God guides, God provides. You know, that old Pastor Chuck proverb. You know, that where God guides, God provides. You know, and, and, and we know that if, if God told him to go to Canaan, even though there was, there was a, a famine, you know, God was going to provide for him. You know, this was his opportunity to see God provide for him in a supernatural way. And for us, I mean, a lot of times we could be walking with the Lord, you know, and trials come. And uh, I remember... I used to know this brother from Calvary Chapel, Norwalk. When I started going over there, his name was Ray. And, uh, you know, he was a really good brother, man. And I remember, you know, one time I, I was going through something really heavy. You know, I guess he could tell my face or whatever. You know, he could tell, he's like, hey, bro, what's going on? Kind of let him know a little bit about what was going on. He's like, and, and, and he told me something I'm never going to forget. He says, hey, bro, he says, don't waste this trial. I looked at him like, what? He says, don't waste this trial. What do you mean? Hey man, he says, look, you're you're in a position right now where it could either go both ways. He says, you can either say whatever, forget God, I'm gonna just do this on my own. You know, it's not working, or you get you can stick it through, you can rough it out, 
You can see God come through supernaturally for you, and it's going to forever change your walk. Um, and that stuck with me forever. He says, don't waste this trial. You know, I know. As you guys can tell, you know, I ended up sticking it out. And, and, and I did see the Lord just come through for me miraculously, supernaturally. You know, and, and I encountered God in a way that, I encountered God in my difficulties in a way that, that I never would have encountered Him. You know, if everything was smooth sailing. Because it's like our hearts are just more moldable, more, more shapeable, more, more tender. You know, when we're going through difficulties and, and, and we're sticking through, we're saying, all right, Lord, this is hard. You know, I, I could think of at least five ways of how I could fix this right now on my own, but I'm going to trust you. And, and we see that, that Abram, again, he, the famine comes and, and he, he jams out. I'm out of here. You know, and he missed out on, on an opportunity to see God, you know, provide for him supernaturally. He didn't even pray about it. Now, you know, God is faithful to sustain us in the land that he has called us to, to go. And, and you know, and I mean that spiritually. You know, God is faithful to sustain us in the land that He calls us to go. It's like for us here, you know, that, that, that we're ministering here in City Terrace, and and, and and you know, I I'll be honest, I was a little intimidated at first. I'm like, Lord, you know, I'm at work, Lord, a lot. I'm so tired, and how am I ever going to find you know time to do this? And and, and God reminded me, hey, where, where God called, where God guides, God provides. You know, and, and and I'm having an awesome, awesome time just just letting the Lord carry me through all this. I'm like, man, the Lord has just carried me through this season. You know, He's coming through for me. He's ministering to me in a way that, 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 that I've never experienced before. You know, it's like I'm at work. I'm just meditating on His Word. I'm like, man, Lord, this is a sweet season. You know, and, and I know it's a season, you know, because sometimes dry seasons come as well. Where we're like, man, Lord, I don't hear anything. But God is faithful to sustain us in the land where He has called us to go. You know, and, and God is faithful to sustain us in the work that God has called us to do. You know, and God is faithful to sustain us in the ministry that He has called us to. God is, God is the one who sustains us. You know, and because it's God who, who sustains us, then, then, then we could continue on. I mean, if it was me, if I was doing this because of me, if we're, if we're in ministry because of us, and if we're doing this because, you know, because of our own calling, or because someone else wants to do it, you know, then, I mean, we could only go so long. You know, we could only go so far. We could only go so hard. Eventually, we're going to run out of energy. We're going to... Have no vision, but when it's God who calls, God sustains. When it's God who, who, who calls you to do this task, hey, it's, God who, it's God who's going to give you the strength, the vision, you know, the heart, the passion, everything you need to fulfill this task. So again, God is faithful to sustain us in the land where He has called us to dwell. And God called Abram to dwell there in Canaan. The famine came, but He ran out to Egypt. Now, him running out to Egypt, you know, this led to him, to him compromising in other areas of his life. We see that before he went to Egypt, he had already schemed up a plan to protect himself and Sarah. Right? It says that, that, that before he even entered Egypt, he tells Sarah, all right, you're beautiful. You know, for sure when we go into the, everyone's going to notice you. And, and, and if, they, if they know I'm your husband, they're going to kill me. And they're going to, and they're going to kill me, they're going to take you. So he starts devising this scheme, you know, and he starts devising his own plan. He says, all right, when we go in there, just let, let's tell everyone that you're my sister. And that way, you know, we'll be safe and I'll be safe and I won't get hurt and you won't get hurt. And it goes on to say that, that, uh, says that the princess of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. I mean, you guys notice that? It says that, that, that Sarah was taken to, to Pharaoh's house. 
Now, I don't think it was just, you know, all right, come over for dinner type of thing. You know, I mean, she was taking there, she was part of, you know, because back in their culture, at this time, you know, they, they would have, you know, hundreds probably of women, you know, that, that, that were being groomed up to be one of Pharaoh's wives. You know, so they would stay at the house, they would stay at the palace, you know, they would eat their food, you know, they would get all the, all the royal treatment. And I mean, I could just imagine Abram, you know, as he's watching his wife, you know, getting taken away. I mean, man, what's going through his mind, what's going through his heart? It, the Bible doesn't tell us how long she was in Pharaoh's house. You know, but I mean, I'd be going crazy, man, if I, if I saw my wife being taken away to another man's house. Like, what the? Man, I'd be over there in a heartbeat. Guns loaded. <laughs> but we see Abram again, he, he, he compromises his faith. You know, he, he compromises in his, in, in his trusting God to provide. You know, and this led to other compromises. He started devising his own scheme. He get into Egypt. You know, things aren't going the way they should go. Sarah gets taken away. He's there. He's being blessed. It says that, that, he, that Pharaoh treated Abram well for her sake. That he had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys and camels. You know, but he's not in the place that God called him to be. He's not in the place that God called him to be. You see that, that as a result of this, you know, that, 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 that God had to show up you know, and pretty much bail him out. It says that, that the Lord plagued Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh was about to take Sarai as his wife and unknowingly disrupt the plans of God for the whole world. Keep in mind, I mean, God is going to use this couple. You know, God used this couple. But at the time, they didn't know. But God was going to use this couple to bring forth not just the Messiah and not just salvation for the Jews and not just salvation for the nation of Israel, but salvation for the whole world. And to think that, that Abram, because of his lapse of faith, was almost going to disrupt you know, God's plan you know, for the whole world. Because he didn't trust God you know, to, to, to provide for him in this season. So it says that the Lord shows up. You know, the Lord plagues Pharaoh. Pharaoh was about to take Sarah as his wife you know, and unknowingly disrupt God's plan for the world. But we know that God is sovereign. You know, nothing takes him by surprise. Now, this is the first time that God plagues the nation of Egypt and it's Pharaoh. We see that, he, that he's going to do it again a few hundred years later through Moses. Now, I just thought it was interesting, you know, that, that, uh, you know, that this wasn't the first time, you know, that, that this happened. It's going to be a different Pharaoh, you know, in a different, a different, uh, a different empire. But we see that, 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 that God plagues Pharaoh, he plagues Egypt, you know, he does it again later on. The nation through, the, through, through Pharaoh to save the nation of Israel. We see that again and again preserve, that God's going to preserve His plan for the nation of Israel, you know, for the Messiah, that Messiah's seed, and the salvation of the whole world. Again, there in 2 Timothy 2 11, it says, For if we died with Him, we shall also live with Him. If we endure, we shall also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He will deny us. If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. We see that Abram had a lapse of faith. But thank God that His grace, His mercy, His faithfulness is greater than our failures and mistakes and our weaknesses. Thank God for that. I mean, I thank God for that every day. I'm like, Lord, thank you because you're so much bigger than my mistakes. Lord, thank you because you're so much greater than my weaknesses. Lord, thank you because you're so much you know, greater than, 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 than my faults, my failures, my downfalls, my doubts. All these things, Lord. Lord, thank you because you remain faithful even when I'm faithless. 
you know, and sometimes I'm walking with the Lord, you know, and it seems like, like he's the one doing all the work, and, you know, I'm just like, man, I, I already gave up, you know, back there, and God's still carrying me through. You know, and God is so faithful to do that. You know, because why? Because he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. That's who he is. He's going to continue to be faithful to us despite, you know, who we are, despite, you know, what we do, despite, despite our weaknesses, despite our failures, despite our lapses of faith, despite our doubts about him, despite our doubts about his word, despite our, our doubts about his promises. He's going to continue to be faithful. We see that he was continue, he continued to be faithful to Abram, even though Abram, you know, took off from the, from the land of promise. The land where God told him, hey, stay here. You know, bunker down right here. I'm going to bless you here. He takes off. And what does God do? It's like he chases him down. You know, he follows him. He still blesses him. God is so faithful. Notice that it says that, that while Abram is in Egypt, you know, he, he flees Canaan. He goes to Egypt. And while he's in Egypt, there's no mention of God speaking to him again. For those 25 years while he was in Haran, until he left to Canaan, no mention of God. And now while he's in Egypt... When he leaves Canaan, he goes to Egypt, there's no mention of God. There's no mention of God coming down and, you know, and meeting him every morning as he's having his coffee. You know, there's no mention of, of Abram worshiping God, you know, as he's out there with his, with his oxen and his donkeys and Sarah's over there at Pharaoh's house. There's no mention of, of, of God anywhere. You know, no mention of Abram building any altars and worshiping God or calling on his name. And again, Abram is not in the right place to hear the voice of the Lord for the second time. First time I was... While he was there in Haran, you know, he wasn't in the right place to hear the voice of the Lord physically. Now he's in Egypt, and again for the second time, he's not in the right place to hear the voice of the Lord. We see that though Abram was was off to a rough start, you know, though he made mistakes. Again, the Bible never says anything bad about him, ever. On the contrary, you know, he's the father of faith. His father Abraham, you know, the father of faith. God never brings up Abram's failures and lapses of faith. I just think it's amazing. Again, there in Hebrews 11, 8, it says, By faith Abram obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where God was going. Again, it says, By, by faith Abram obeyed when he was called to go. You see, there's no mention of, of, of his little detour there in Egypt. There's no mention of his delay there in Haran. There's no mention of his, of, his, uh, of his lapse of faith. There's no mention of him letting his wife go on to another man's house. You know, there's no mention of that. This is by faith Abram obeyed. And God is so faithful, you know, to look past our failures, look past our weaknesses, you know, and, and, and just cast them all away. What an awesome testimony to the grace of God. And it goes on to say there in, in chapter 13. It says, Then Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that they had, and lot with them, to the south. Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. And he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there at the first and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Um, I, just, I just think it's amazing, you know, because, again, at the end of the day, he was just a normal guy. You know, yeah, he was a hero in the faith, and yeah, he's, a, he's, he's the father of the nation of Israel. Yeah, through him, the seed came, and through him, you know, salvation came to the Gentiles. But at the end of the day, he's just a normal guy. You know, he just, he's got his own, his own weaknesses like any one of us. And I can just imagine, I mean, I put myself in the, in, the, in the sandals of Abraham. 
You know, and, and, and he's seen this, and no doubt he's recognizing, man, I blew it. You know, I delayed 25 years, 75 years old now. Man, God's so faithful, he still, he still, the, the promise still remains. You called me to stay here, I took off. You know, and now he's coming back, kind of like, man, you know, God had to come rescue me and bail me out. Now he goes back to, to, to the place where he first met God. You know, and no doubt all stuff is going on through his mind. I mean, he's human. You know, and, and us, we, do, we tend to dwell on those things. Looking back at all these things. You know, and, and I could just imagine him, you know, just, just, just dwelling on God's faithfulness, just dwelling on God's grace. Maybe even just that feeling of unworthiness. You know, that man, who am I? You know, who am I that God will be so faithful to me? After all that, after all my failures, after all my lapses of faith, after my roller coaster walk with the Lord. You know, so you, I mean, you can just imagine all the emotions, all the things that are going on through Abraham, in Abraham's heart and in his mind right now, you know, in his life. Again, as he's coming back to the place where God first called him, looking back, knowing, man, I never should have left. So we see that he comes back from Egypt and he comes back very prosperous. It says that, that he was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold. And so he, he, he was in Egypt, you know, he, he acquired a lot of material possessions and he comes back to, to Canaan with, with a lot of stuff. You know, so he went to Egypt with a few things and came out with more than he originally had. And we see that though he was not in the place where God wanted him to be, he acquired great possessions. Now, monetary possessions and riches are not always a sign of God's hand on your life. You know, and, and, and that's, I think that's the life of the enemy. You know, where you talk to people and, you know, they're not walking with the Lord or, you know, they were walking with the Lord at once, but now they're living like hell, you know, but their business is doing good. They're making a lot of money. They got, they're on their second house right now, you know, the third marriage and, you know, whatever it may be. But, you know, and, and, and people tend to, tend to look at, at the monetary gain, you know, and, and, the, and the monetary possessions. And, and use that as a, as a sign of God's blessing in their life and say, oh, well, God must be blessing me. You know, God must be okay with my lifestyle. God must be okay with what I'm doing because look at, look, look at all the stuff that He's given me. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to have possessions. I mean, the Lord will bless us with the house and the Lord will bless us with whatever. I mean, that, that in a sense is not a bad thing. But when people begin to think you know, that, that the evidence of, of God's hand on their life is their material possessions, you know, that's where we go wrong. Again, Abram came out of Egypt with all these things. You know, he says that he was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold. But yet he was not in the place where God called him to be. He was in direct disobedience. So we see again that monetary possessions and riches are not always a sign of God's hand in your life. You know, and again, there's those people who will say, I have all this stuff. I'm, I'm making a lot of money. You know, God must be blessing me. You know, he must be okay with the way I'm living. He must be okay with, you know, me not even, I don't have a relationship with him anymore. You know, the last time I said, you know, God bless you was when someone sneezed. And I was like, man, you know, but yet because they have all these material things, you know, they, they, they think God is with them. And we see, that's not always so. He goes on, then he goes on to say that, he says that he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. I love that. It says, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning. After all that, you know, after coming back with all his possessions, after everything that he had, 
You know, it's like, man, he had all this money. He could have started building the house. He could have said, oh, I got all this, you know. Forget the tent. Forget the lifestyle. You know, forget all that, you know. I got the blessings. But no, it says that, 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 that he returned to the place where he first pitched his tent. To the place where his tent had been at the beginning. So again, after all that, you know, what does Abram do? He goes back to where it all started. You know, back to the place where he first called on the name of the Lord. Back to the first place where God appeared to him. Interesting that, this, that the word Bethel means house of God. You know, he was in the land of Egypt, you know, and Sarah was in Pharaoh's house. He got all these possessions, but he goes back to God's house. You know, he might not have any material possessions there. There may not be a big temple. There may not be a big city. He may not have a big house there. But he knows, hey, this is where I met God. And this is where God appeared to me. This is where God spoke to me. This is where God gave me this promise. You know, and after all that wandering, he returns to the place where he last encountered the living God. It's like, that's all that matters. You know, he walked through all that and, and what he wanted to, just, to do was just be back at that place where he encountered the living God. I love what it says there in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 6.16. The Lord is speaking through the prophet Jeremiah. and says, thus says the Lord, Stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Just that old path, you know, those, those, those good ways, the old path. You know, and, and us as believers sometimes, you know we, we, you know, we start off just humbly walking with the Lord. You know, just very simply, you know, I love that song by, by Will Reagan, The Simple Gospel. Like it's about the simple things walking with the Lord you know it's not about Lord all this you know uh, uh, signs and wonders and all kinds of crazy stuff in the Lord just the simplicity of knowing that, that I'm walking with you Lord the simplicity of knowing that, that when I pray you hear me the simplicity of knowing that, that you're here with me the simplicity of knowing that I'm safe you know in your presence the simplicity of knowing that that, that, that my salvation is secure in your hands the simplicity of knowing hey man God is with me like the, the, the simple the simple faith you know, and sometimes we lose track of that, you know, we start looking at the, at the, at the big things, you know, and, and we get lost in the pursuit of these big things. And the Lord just draws us back to that place where we're at in the beginning, you know, that, that place where we first called in the name of the Lord, the place where, where, where God first got a hold of our hearts, you know, whether it's a physical place or, or you know, or, or a place here in our heart, you know, it's a, a state of heart. It's like the Lord will call us back to just that. That's the simplicity of just knowing Him. You know, the simplicity of just walking with Him. The simplicity of just calling out on His name and hearing from the Lord. Again, Jeremiah says, Stand in the, way, in the ways and see and ask for the old path where the good way is and walk in it. It's not about, you know, finding a new way to, to reach God or finding a new way to, to, you know, to experience God or finding a new way to, 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 to talk to Jesus. Hey, man. Simplicity of it. Just walking with, with the Lord by faith. You know, and maybe we found ourselves during this, you know, drifting from God to somewhere He never called us to go, like Abraham. What did He do? Yeah, He drifted far, man, all the way up to Egypt. But He went back to that place where He first encountered the Lord. And He went back to that place where He first heard from God. He went back to that place where He first received the promise. You know, maybe you're recognizing that you're not hearing from God as much as you did in the beginning. You know, I mean, there's times too where I'm, I'm just, nah, nah, Lord, it seems like I was more on fire a couple years ago. Or, nah, Lord, it seems like I was more sensitive a couple years ago. Or I'm like, nah, Lord, it seems like I, I, I had more of a hunger for your word a couple years ago. 
And I'm like, well, what wrong? My prayer is always, Lord, like David said, Lord, test my heart, you know, know my ways, and, and, and see if there's any, any wicked way in me, you know, and lead me to the way everlasting. And, and it's good to just have those heart checks every once in a while and say, Lord, and recognize, Lord, I'm drifting, Lord. I'm drifting. It's not about words, you know, it's not about that I've got to be in my word every, every day or else, you know, Lord, God's not with me. But I mean, it, that, that heart, you know, and, and we recognize sometimes, Lord, my heart's drifting. What went wrong? You know, and, and I encourage you guys, you know, if you're there, man, just seek the Lord about it, you know, and really ask Him, and God will show you. You know, like sometimes I pray that, and then the Lord, you know, I say, Lord, you want to show me, and show me if there's any wickedness in me, and then the Lord shows me, I'm like, oh, Lord, I wasn't ready to see that. You know, God is faithful to answer. You know, and, and when He does show us those things that, that we don't want to see, it's, it's for our good, you know, it's because He wants to deal with those things in our lives. We come to a place where we recognize, Lord, I want to just be right there, just at the very center of your, of your will for my life. You know, and the Lord will show us those things that are hinder us, hindering us from being there. I encourage you, you know, take inventory. You know, remember, remember that, that, that place of the altar, so to say, you know, that, that, that place where you first met God in your life, where you first called on the name of the Lord. You know, it's a heart matter. And even if you're like, man, well, my walk's been good. It's always good to just go back to that place, you know, simplicity and just, just remember, you know, the, the simple things. Hey, God's calling. All right. Hey, God's promised me. All right. Hey, God said. All right. That's it. Lord, if, if, if I go on through the rest of my walk here in this earth with you, Lord, and, and all I have is God promised, that's good. That's good for me. You know, that's good with me. You know, if, if I continue to walk this here on earth you know and I get old and I die and, and all I ever had and all I ever held on to was, was your promise and, and was your word and was that hey God told me alright that's all I need you know the simplicity of it amen Father God I just thank you so much for your word Lord and thank you for the simplicity of your word Lord and just thank you for the simplicity of, of being able to worship you just uh, Lord apart from from any any crazy experiences Lord apart from any you know, wild things or just the simplicity of just coming to your throne of grace with boldness and, and, and asking for help in the time of need. The simplicity of that, Lord, is just amazing, Father.